The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And once again, this week is no exception. Today, we're going to talk about UFOs. We're going to talk about alien encounters, abductions, and God. My special guest is probably one of the world's most famous ET contactees. His name is Chris Bledsoe. He has an amazing story that involves a CIA, NASA, a string of professors, and MUFON. And he's written this wonderful book called UFO of God, the extraordinary true story of Chris Bledsoe, a spiritual journey of missing time, clouds of fire, healings, and transformation. He's a regular guy, a guy's guy, lives in North Carolina. And about 20 years ago, he was contacted through seeing a couple of big red orange orbs in the sky when he was out kind of in a camping situation with his uh, buddies and his son. And life turned upside down since that point going forward. But now it looks like he's got a, a kind of a, he's got a real handle on the situation versus it having a handle on him. And we're going to have an extraordinary conversation with Chris. He's really authentic. He's really sincere. He's got security clearance from the highest levels with NASA, CIA, etc. And he is a generous, giving individual. Um, he sees orbs in the sky, and he's seen other um, beings, if you will. And they have impacted his life through um, imparting um, some psychic and healing gifts to him, if you're open to that. And he has examples of that. And he also um, found himself uh, cured, if you will, from uh, uh, Crohn's disease. And just his life has gone in a number of different directions. And over the last couple of years, it's been projecting upward all the way. And he's really, his mission is to tell his story. And that's what he's been told he had made an agreement to do by the beings. And uh, that's what he's doing. So I saw him on another show on another network, and I was fascinated by him. And what I felt was really a heartfelt story. And it hasn't been all roses. It's been tough for Chris, and it's been tough for his family and his friends. And He's gotten through it over the past 20 years, and now he has frequent contacts. He sees orbs in the sky uh, at regular intervals, and he's got an interesting story to tell, which I think you'll really enjoy. Uh, it's, it's supernatural, but it's, it's very convincing, and he's been vetted by NASA and all types of the military, and they really keep tabs on him because they know that what he's telling in their eyes and you make the decision on your own, but they feel he's telling the truth, and he has an ongoing connection with some celestial beings, if you will. Because really, what comes out of Chris's book is there's so many um, UFO um, disclosure incidents being reported now. It's like drip, drip, drip coming out. But Chris's situation is different in that 
He's not saying, hey, I was contacted by the greys or the ebans or the reptilians or the uh, insectoids or whatever that you might have seen on other networks and other shows or read about. He claims that he is being contacted by celestial beings that want to help the planet. So I think it's worthwhile that we invest our time together in Chris's story, and I'm excited about it, as I hope you are. So let's strap in and listen to our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Chris Bledsoe. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, it's the interview portion of our show, and it's a show I'm really looking forward to. We're going to talk with a gentleman. His name is Christopher Bledsoe. Um, You know, everybody, that UFOs have been a hot topic for the past, you know, particularly for the past 10 years and, and the last five years. And I watch a lot of shows on Gaia Network, and I really keep up with all the kind of drip, drip, drip of disclosure. And you've seen on the news that it's becoming more commonplace talking about it. But Chris Bledsoe, my guest here, he is a world famous, if not the most world famous UFO watcher. And he examines it from a very different perspective. It's all about faith, God, and Christianity, not your usual alien um, connection, if you will. He's got a book. It's called UFO of God. It's a number one seller on Amazon in its category. And it's the extraordinary true story of Chris and what's happened to him over the last about 20 years, 2007, things started to happen for him. And um, he had some uh, business challenges uh, around 2007, a financial crisis. He had um, a debilitating chronic disease, and he was on the verge of the unthinkable. And he called out and asked Spirit for help. And all of a sudden, um, in the coming days, a UFO showed up in the form of orbs. And then kind of a couple of little guys showed up. And over time, uh, this kept happening, and he eventually was um, met with he met with a a, a female, a woman um, who kind of floated and um, was he was taken to off planet and met with her, and she spoke telepathically to him about what his purpose was here on Earth, and it's to get the message out about the fact that we can be helped, we can save ourselves, and we're going to get help, but we have to do it ourselves. So. That's a quick summation, because what I don't want to do in this interview is just have Chris tell the story and then we're done with the 40 minutes. I want to talk about um, a a snapshot of what Chris experienced and get to where we are now and then go back and talk. I want to ask some of the questions that you folks out there would want me to ask. So first and foremost, the author of UFO of God, bestseller, Chris Bledsoe. Thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. I am totally honored. I appreciate you having Okay. So let's, let's, uh, you know, I gave a quick snapshot, but I'd rather the folks hear it from you kind of what happened to you to lead you to that point where you went out with your buddies and you saw some orbs and, um, and what happened from there? Well, um, if I go back a little piece to 01, when the world trade center thing happened, I was building a hundred, 130 houses a year. I had been building for 20 years. My dad before me and my wife's family, they were building 350 homes a year. So we were uh, serious in the building business. And 
when the World Trade Center disaster happened, living in a, a military town, Fort Bragg, it shut the market down. I had 72 houses under construction and couldn't sell them. And so a slow motion train wreck started happening in 01. And I watched it uh, continue until I sold the business in 2005 at a $2 million loss. And um, here I am at 46 years old with four children, having to sell my home and pay off everything I could. And now I have uh, literally no way to feed my children. I was faced with getting free lunches at school and I'm sick with Crohn's disease. I'd had a near-death experience from that in 04. And uh, that's why I sold the business. My wife sold it while I was in the hospital. And, um, but let's fast forward to 07. My dad in late 06 talked me into helping him on a job with some of his crew. He had uh, dad build houses. So I took a job, first one since uh, I've come out of the near death thing in 05. Uh, I took a job down on the coast, almost two hours away, and was managing his men. They were subcontractors. And my son, youngest son, Chris Jr., was with me. He he wouldn't leave my side because I, you know, uh, was just, I was so sick. He thought he had to be my caretaker. So he was with me. And we finished the job in early uh, January. The, actually, New Year's Day, they went back down to do the final punch list and bring a check and call me. Can we go fishing uh, and celebrate? We don't have to go out of town any longer they've been gone for months so i agreed uh chris jr and i uh, waited on them to come into town and we took them we, after they cashed their checks we went down two and a half miles away to the cape fear river and uh, i wasn't in the mood to fish at all i was in the worst part of my life the bottom and my thoughts of course i wouldn't let them know that and I got those three guys, they were grown men, and my son busy fishing, sitting on the bank of the river. And I walked away about four o'clock, went into forest and stayed an hour and just trying to think and talk to whoever's up there. And about five o'clock, I came back or 445 out of the forest. Uh, we decided to get a fire going because it was going to get cold that night. And daylight was almost gone and so i left him again walking up to the field with the excuse i'm going to look for wildlife and watch the sun go down because it was facing west and so i left at 10 after five and when i got that quarter of a mile up the road i had the shock of my life and i'm going along i'm i'm crying out help me um i got to the top of that hill there was a uh, two balls of fire, 40 feet around, 50 feet glowing, fiery red balls that were rotating really fast and the flames were shooting off of it. And uh, I'm a commercial rated pilot. I knew straight up it wasn't anything from this world uh, that I'd ever seen. And uh, so fear shot into me like no tomorrow. But what really got bad, fear, what got me. Well, sitting there looking at it's one thing. You can go out and ride in your car and see a light go by. That's okay. I mean, that's really cool, right? Sure. But when that light looks at you and says, I see you, I got you on my radar, 
there's a different feeling to that. And that's what happened. I turned around to run after a few minutes hiding, thinking I was hiding, peeping up over the hill, and I'd look at those two big balls of fire. They were only 300 yards away and about 100 feet in the air, maybe a couple hundred feet. They were above the trees. And when I turned to run, I looked back one last time, and immediately a third one appeared above me. And uh, just like those two, same thing. And it shot down in front of me within a second. And that's when reality hit me that they knew I was there. They were at, they were watching me. I was on that radar of whatever this powerful force was. And I mean, that sent the fear in me. And so the next thing I remember, Guy, was... Well, trotting up to the fire the last 50 feet. I don't even remember going down the hill. But when I got there, I was like, you guys won't ever believe what I just saw at the field. I didn't realize the fire was burnt down to a little ember and they were just standing there, three of them. My son wasn't there. And they're like, where have you been? You've been going all night. And so I didn't realize a four-hour manhunt had happened. And um, my son was lost. And when I found him, he was in shock. He had witnessed something uh, from another world, these little glowing beings that, that scared him to death. And all this happened within a few minutes and they get back to the fire. And suddenly uh, these uh, three orbs appeared up high. We all saw it. One of the guys shouted and we looked up and there were eight or nine zooming around. They looked like Venus, big stars up there. And three of them came down and landed 75 yards from us across the river. So pandemonium set in and out of there we left. And that's how it all started. And uh, to to not get too deep in it, you can tell me where to go. But Okay, uh, well, let, let, let's, let's, let's take a pause right there. And by the way, it's Robert, so just so, you know, because okay. we're friends now. Rob, um, I'm sorry. No worry, everybody did the same thing, calls me guy. So that's cool. But just so you know, so so at that point, what did you had these big grown manly men and everybody was scared to death. Um and, and at a certain point though, as I read in the book, that you were not as afraid, even though your son was traumatized and these other guys were traumatized, and you you went back home and tried to do best to process that. Yeah. What what did what when you saw did you see the beings at this juncture or did you see them later not, on? Not yet. Later okay. on, I did, but I wasn't afraid. The weird, the weird yeah. thing was, and I reported this way back then to government officials that I was terrified when it appeared really suddenly and let me know it was there. Then it took me. It came right at me and went over me and, and took my whole body. It didn't just take my spirit. It took me away from here. Uh, for four hours and um, when they brought me back I wasn't afraid when it landed across the river that's the crazy thing all mm -hmm. these guys were terrified my son was in shock these three men went to they were doing everything from crying to begging to go home to see their family for the last time but I wasn't afraid I was like marveled at it I wanted to get out and see it more so mm -hmm. they did something to me when they so, took me. 
So then when you were home, then shortly after this, you felt that they were approaching your home. And because your son was having a hard time and everybody was kind of freaked out and you hadn't completely processed it, you got your gun and said, I'm going to I'm going to settle this. You went out there and then things really changed for you. What happened? Well, what happened was that was the second night, the gun. That same night when we got home, uh, we actually left out of there and dropped the guys off. And when we got home. Chris Jr. was running through the house, locking it down, turning all the outside lights on. He'd go in a bedroom and shut the windows, turn the light on and lock the door, even the bathroom doors. Now, I'm in my study trying to see on TV, uh, you know, if we're being invaded. I just knew the whole world would have known at that time. Couldn't find anything. And then I heard something go over the house that was just uh, sounded almost like a helicopter from Fort Bragg. That's what I envisioned. But suddenly my dad has a kennels next door. We live on the same property next to one another. And he had a huge dog kennel enclosed. Uh, at one time he had 100 dogs there. But there were 15 hounds that night. And every one of them went to bark in this really strange, afraid bark. They were scared. I could tell they were afraid the way they were barking. This uh, really weird sound. It made chills come on you. So I went out the door with my son in tow, uh, after I had to talk him into it, he didn't want any more of that. But I just thought somebody was stealing out of my dad's shop because the shop was next to the dog kennel. And I could think they're seeing somebody breaking the shop. But when I got there, the dogs were looking the opposite direction. They were looking in the forest. And uh, my Chesapeake Bay went ahead of us and was sitting there in front of us, pointing in the forest. And I bumped her on the rear and told him. To, told her to get it, whatever it was in there, to run it out. I thought it was a bear by then because if it was a human, they would have went to the highway, not in the woods, if, you know, if they were frightened. Long story short, uh, when I left running, Junior and I, to cut off the dog to get in front of whatever was in there, I, my plan was to go hide behind an oak tree in the direction I knew it was going to go, the way she went. And I ran up against that tree full force, thinking Christopher was behind me. And I stopped myself in a full run against this tree, trying to be quiet. And I'm panting like this, trying to keep my breath quiet. I hear the dog coming. And I look back to see if Jenner's behind me. And he's not there. But there's this little being four feet from me, three to three and a half feet tall, glowing like the moon. Uh, it didn't have these big arm and eyes like you hear about. This looked more like a four-year-old child, but it had some sort of, uh, the eyes were red, but it almost looked mechanical in nature more so. Um, and, and again, Chris, was this the first night or this was this? This is the this first is still night. the first night, so you did see yeah. the beings then. So from there, you saw them again when you went out with your gun. That's the next time yeah, you saw two, them. Two nights later, yeah, they okay. came back. And then and they um, actually landed on the property with their orb. It burnt circles in my grass. I have pictures of 16-foot circles they burnt. Move on, investigated it. And, and did, they, uh, did they communicate with you then telepathically at that point? And yeah. if so, what, what did they communicate? Well, the first night when I looked back to see this one, Mm -hmm. behind me i was terrified i thought it was going to kill me the dog was coming why, why did you think that why did you think it was going to kill you 
Well, I was afraid of it, and okay. I'd never seen anything like that. It, it didn't make any moves like it would, but I, I, I had my hands against the tree, and it's behind me. So mm-hmm. I turned. I got as close to that tree as I could get, and I put my back against it and dropped okay. my hands to my side, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I surrender. I mean you no harm. And this voice came and said, you don't understand. We're not here to hurt you. We're here to help you. And next day I got up. I wasn't sick anymore. I had uh, 17 years. I battled this disease, uh, Crohn's disease, my doctor called it. And uh, I had been treated 17 and a half years. Amazing. I no longer had it. But two nights later, uh, my wife was still out of town with her family, her mom, and the other three kids. She come home on Friday, but this is like Wednesday night. Uh, Chris Jr., the dogs start barking again, this whole pack of hounds. And uh, it draws us to the back door, and there's these orbs landed in the forest behind us. I don't know what got into me, Robert, but uh, I, I decided that uh, I wanted to end this because I guess it was because my son was so distraught. Mm-hmm. what happened to him he was so afraid he was in shock and i felt like i was protecting him so i grabbed a little rifle i had a 44 magnum rifle a little saddle gun i used to bear hunt it and i'm on boone and crockett record for one of the largest bears in north america let's say i've done my shirt and mm-hmm. i started hunting at five years old but that night ended that forever uh I walked back there with my gun and it was landed in a Christmas tree farm and it was overgrown. So the trees were touching one another and the only way through the forest is underneath. And I could see it 40 yards in there uh, pulsating. And I got on my knees and crawled up under. There's a, a good three foot under these trees. There was nothing, not even a weed because the light didn't hit the ground. Just pine needles. And I could see clear in any direction. So I'm crawling up to this thing and I got about 20 yards or less from it. And the electricity from it was so great, the static, that uh, I felt like uh, my hair became needles and pins all over me. And I couldn't go another step forward. So I turned around and back back out of there. And when I got to the edge of the forest to step out of the forest, I had to go over an old hog fence that was broken down. When I stepped over that fence, two of them appeared right in front of me. The same little guy that I saw in the woods are now on either side as I stepped through. Let me ask you a question there, Chris, if I may. Okay. So were you? did you have a sense that out of the two of them, one was the same one that you had seen previously? Did they look alike? What were they wearing? I know you managed, mentioned that they had the kind of reddish eyes that kind of mechanically open and closed and they had a uh, yeah. a logo of a like a triangle upward pointing triangle and they were yeah. kind of silvery translucent uh, help help me yeah out. they were they were um glowing the the soft glow like the moon but their mm-hmm. body looked so shiny like glass uh, did they have arms and hands and the yeah whole of the- yeah it looked like a little child about a three or four year old child about that size and um uh the, Heads won't great big like you would see some gray alien. They look more proportional to you and, and they, I. They look human, or like their face, if you, if you will, with this human, yeah. human, humans, humanoid. Yeah, looking? they had human traits, but they okay. were uh, these big glowing eyes were so bright okay. and, okay. and 
um, their body was so gleaming, it was hard to look at because the, the I told Mupon 15 years ago, 16, that it looked like it had a glass cup outer covering of glass. It okay. was so shiny. All right. Let me uh, just take a quick break to let everybody know that Chris Bledsoe is my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. We're talking about his best-selling book, UFO of God. I want to make sure, forgive me for hustling you along a little bit, but I want to make sure we get as much information out there for our audience as possible. So the the two the two beings are there. What happens? And they communicated to you. You changed your feeling at this point from what I read in the book that I'm not yeah. going to hunt anymore. I'm I'm going to be uh, kind to every sentient being. I don't step on, you know, bugs anymore or whatever. Right. It all changed for you. Your perspective, yeah. your consciousness. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, it, they woke me up. And um, what it told me was, first off, I had this rifle. And I felt this extreme uh, shame. It just came over me like this shame that I wanted to, I wanted to cry. And um, I just tried to hide it behind my back, this gun, but they knew it was there. And what they began to say was that I need to understand that everything has a consciousness from the earth itself to every living creature, every tree, every plant, that it is connected to God or uh, the Whoever is sending the information for us to operate, uh, we're all connected to it. In other words, you don't the, the grass, the 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 bugs. If they run from you, they don't want to die, and it's not my right to take that life. And the, the way they put it in my head, it it caused me to completely go through, um, and I still feel it. This this sadness for you know harming animals mm -hmm. that i did growing up thinking you, it was you, you still yeah, i used to hunt i used right. to be do a bear hunter. do you fish still uh no i don't like to do you know i fish but i do haven't you, do, 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 I, you eat, do you eat meat i'm not trying to be, play gotcha just out of curiosity do you still eat as meat? little as i can and okay. the reason for that is because my daughter uh I have rheumatoid arthritis. Right, and right. I've been on chemo for the last seven years, and uh, my doctor said absolutely not. I tried to go vegan, and she's mm. like, "You have to have this protein, or your right. immune system has okay. to heal." So. Okay, so the two the two beings are there, and then because uh, I want to get to this because it's important, I like to spend kind of the last part of the interview talking about the ramifications. So. They took you, I believe, to meet the the quote unquote the lady. Tell us about how you got there and your first um, encounter. Well, we're going to fast forward five years, and what happened there was um, when I came back, I told this to the public, I told it to the family, and of course, I was a deacon in the Pentecostal Holiness Church during just before those days i'd gotten sick and resigned but still i was raised in the church my wife and her family my mother all of big christians and well all of a sudden i was excited to tell what had happened and that i'm no longer sick i became uh ostracized from the right. community in the church i was playing with the devil himself and I'm like, but I was praying to God. I won't pray into the devil. You know, and this is my argument with them. And they're like, 
if you ever want to go back to church, you can't ever right. talk about it again. So, so that well, ended that. So that was a five years go by. So you hadn't met the lady at this point. So right. those two beings and, gave you the feeling about, you know, everything is a sentient being. And then yeah. they disappeared. Yeah, they disappeared. And, and, that, was, walked, and that was it. So after that it. in that five, the next five years, did you have any type of communication with them or the orbs? Did that can continue? And you tried to get the word out and people really gave you a hard time. And then I know you were taken advantage of in some ways by uh, some networks and stuff like that who put your story out there. But they had a twist to it that was not very favorable to you. But you kept going. You kept living your life and the Crohn's uh, and was gone. But then you picked up rheumatoid arthritis and you had to deal with that. So forgive me for kind of speeding the whole thing up. But then when what what happened the five years later, you meet the lady. Well, five years later, I was ready to give up. I didn't want to talk about it anymore because my children had been ridiculed at school so much by the teachers and their students in the hall. It, because I told this, my whole family's suffering bad. Now, they were seeing it with me at my home, our home. The, the phenomenon never quit. It was hovering over our house or over their cars or in the yard or in the house for for uh the, all those five years, we were all seeing. And so we all became ostracized and, and isolated together. But I was ready to quit. And I went outside and I said, I just want to get one picture. You'll let us see it, but I can't ever get a photo. I can't tell my mom and dad, here you are, it's real. I can't tell these people, mm-hmm. you know, you're wrong, it is real. And so I said, I quit. I'll never talk about this again. Well, that didn't go over too good because when I went to bed that night, it was Easter. It was Saturday night. I laid down in the bed about 930 and just totally worn out, went to sleep. Three o'clock in the morning, I hear a voice say, arise. And it was a man. It sounded like thunder. I heard it. I heard it. It wasn't a dream. I jumped up out of my sleep. I looked and the clock said 3 a.m. I said, who's in my room? I heard that. I heard it. And uh, next thing I know, I was in some sort of uh, trance-like control by them. And I got up. I got fully dressed. I walked outside following these three shadowy figures. They led me back to the dog kennel where it all, where I'd met the little being before, mm-hmm. five years earlier. And um, and I'm going fast through this. There's a lot more detail in the book. but suddenly. Uh, this wind comes out of the forest, this really strong wind gust hit me and blew me backwards. And as I was falling backwards to my back in the leaves, I saw a cow, a bull, a big mm-hmm. bull come out of nowhere, out of the darkness and ran over top. But the weird thing, I saw through it when it went over me, but it frightened me. Now I'm laying on my back. I roll to my stomach, so I'm looking the other way, right? As I push myself up to my knees, I'm getting up to run. All this happened in three seconds. When I get to my knees, my hands on the ground, my knees, and I'm trying about to stand up. Uh, This cow, I'm looking for it, but it's not there anymore. There's a lady there, and she's six foot from me. Her feet are three feet in the air, chin level to me. She's glowing like uh, the most beautiful thing I've 
you could ever imagine. Her dress was white and sparkly, and it looked Roman, like it had rolls in it, a collar, and barefooted. And her the tops of her feet were all that were showing from her dress was long. And she looked at me. She leaned towards me, and she said, you know why I'm here. And I knew why she was there. It, it went right into my soul. She said, this is your bird you must bear. Because, see, they convinced me when they first took me that I had to tell everybody I knew what happened. And I did, and it got me in bad trouble, my whole family. So I quit. She came and said, no, you're not going to quit. You must tell what you know. And if you do this, I will always be with you. And I'll allow you to take photos. I'll allow you to share our presence with others. Well, immediately, immediately, I began to be able to film them. I began to be able to have friends over, my mom, my dad, relatives, anyone about it, unless they were skeptic. And they could see it with me. And to this day, um, I'm studied by the government more than anybody in history mm -hmm. okay. in the world by this. And they so, see it with me. So five uh, after that and another Easter, she showed up again. This time, um, I'm just trying to make the best use of time. For, forgive me right. for button sure. in, That you were Absolutely. taken kind of off planet to a faraway place that had kind of a desert um, environment. And then you were led and around the corner in a canyon, she was on kind of a stone throne in this yeah. canyon. And yep. showed up to you again. And what did she communicate this time? Um, that's when uh, she told me about this alignment that uh, was to come. She said uh, that when the red star of Regulus appears on the horizon in Egypt in the gaze of the Sphinx, when the and I could never understand why the first time they took me, that's what they showed me. I had visuals of, of egypt i saw the pyramids i saw all these places never understood what it was but when the lady came the second time she said when that star appears on the horizon in the gaze of the sphinx at that time uh there'll be a new knowledge that comes to this world and what does that mean i'm not sure but I know I told Lisa Hagen about it. Lisa's a very good friend of mine, her whole family, her mom and her grandma. Uh, she ran it with some friends of hers in the astrology world, and they found out it is really a real alignment that's going to take place in uh, Easter of 2026. So since and, that point, Chris, what do you sense is what is going to happen? Is 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 Are things happening now leading us to there, or is that a tipping point? where everything's going to change. And what else have you gotten messaging about this or context uh, since since this occurred? You know, I really don't know, to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't want to to uh, put something out there that it, that doesn't mm -hmm. have I understand. the truth. Right. Uh, I really only knew about an alignment, not a time and a day. Okay. But it comes to find out there is that. What but is your if sense? I had to, if yeah. my sense is, is that the, this world will know that there is a creator, that there was an intelligence that made humanity, and all this nonsense about evolution, and all that's got to go bye-bye. And they're going to reset this whole world into a new way of thinking. 
by then. That's my thought about it. Okay. And, uh, I'm so, hoping that's his work. So. so during the subsequent years, you've been kind of actually embraced in some ways by the government, by NASA. You've gotten out there, spread the word, worked in meetings and presentations and been given top secret clearance on a, in a lot of areas. So they, you know, the powers that be, if you will, they recognize that you are onto something. So and that's continued to this day. So what I want to ask for the benefit of our audience and also for myself is, you know, this is so different. If you watch some of the shows that are about all the different beings from different planets, the Palladians and the reptilians and all the the Dracos and the Ebens and the Greys and all of that, what you describe seems so completely unique. I'm wondering, how do you process that in terms of what everybody else is reporting? And has anybody else experienced what your experience besides seeing the orbs? Because it seems that's driven, that's connected through you, your connection with the lady and these beings. That's why you're seeing the orbs. And that's why other people can see the orbs. But your 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 experience seems so unique, Chris. Talk to us about how do you feel about that and all the other information that's out there about all these different types of UFOs and all the information that's coming out about them. All right, well, let me say this that might ring a bell. Uh, well, it did mine. Um, I told MUFON when they came in 2008 to investigate this case. Uh, it was a year later when they came. I didn't talk about it for a year. They, they said, what do you think it was? I said, well, I think they were the angels from the Bible. Angels, that's just too much for us. You know, they, it, it is, it's got to be a, a, an alien spaceship or, uh, you know. I said, that didn't happen to me. I was on my knees praying. And these fiery balls come out of the sky. Remind me of the chariots in the Bible, fiery chariots, right? They came down and took my sickness away. Why would an alien do such? Well, they didn't have an answer for that. So I maintained for the last 17 years what happened to me was spiritual. Mm-hmm. They were uh, they were more like spirits than physical beings. Uh, of course, I don't know. You know, I'm a baby at this, but I, I I I interact with them, and I know what causes them to come, and that's prayer. Uh, I'm not a religious person anymore. I don't profess to be a religious person. I don't attend church. I feel like I can have that commune with myself. I don't need nobody to show me how. In fact, I can show others how. Um, but, Has the lady been in contact with you uh, since you know since the book came out? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, is, has you, the message uh, changed at all? Has it extended? Yeah. Has it, there's been more, or is it just you know stay on your course? Because the other thing I want to ask uh, as part of this is you got rid of the Crohn's and then you got rheumatoid arthritis has yeah. that has that subsided also so two questions well, here. one about seeing the lady again and two about your health condition well yeah the lady uh helped me make the decision over writing this book it was an emphatic yes when i went out and asked about it mm-hmm. and i actually filmed something with wings that flew over big as an airplane and it was glowing red and then changed to white and i'll leave that at that i'll release that someday but it was something with big wings come flying right over me, glowing okay. orange. And then it turned to white and turned south and went out of here. But that was a direct answer to should I do this book. That okay. was in Easter of 2022. 
uh, this year, uh, they came in the form of fire. This yellow fire started in February, all of March, and by the week of Easter, it subsided. It was gone, but that spirit came, and I had these little flames burning around me, next to my arm, over my head. Yes, we had 25 people here, and this fire was burning in between us around us they all saw it i got it on video took a hundred videos over february march and first week of april but um the the message hasn't changed uh and i'm not sure what that message is other than uh, i i just wanted the world to know i don't want to influence people's thought on what it is we're doing i never saw an alien I've seen machines flying around. I got them on video in the day. I can take those in the day. These orbs can mimic anything. They can look like a metallic ball. They can look like a black Mm -hmm. spear. They can look like a translucent ball. They can look like a flying saucer. Let me me ask you this, Chris. I'm sorry again to to interrupt, but your, your arthritis, has that been cured now? Are you better? Well, I wouldn't say it's cured, but I will say in 20, 19, early 2020, I was in a wheelchair. And my rheumatologist told me, if you get COVID, you're going to be in trouble. You'll Mm -hmm. probably die from it. And it scared me so bad that I quit taking everything that I was on, which was a whole lot, about $25,000 a month with medication. Mm -hmm. That's how much they were charging my insurance. And uh, I began to get better. I was praying every night for myself. I still do. Uh, But from a wheelchair to being able to walk by summer of 2020 and to today, I get to fly my model airplanes, which I've been doing all my life. But for years, I couldn't because my hands, I couldn't even button my pants. Now I can put my shoes on. Still painful, but I'm a thousand percent better than I was. And I give that to this. So one of the things at the end of the book, you say anybody, and I want to get into this a little bit because I think it's important because you say anybody can contact but by just you go outside at night and you say, I am here and yeah. then relax and just wait a little bit. And at some point you'll get some type of communication. So my question is this. So many people um, have had horrific different types of experiences with extraterrestrials, whatever, where you know they get taken up in a ship and they're probed and it's not... It's not necessarily pleasant all the time. You mentioned that these are more spiritual beings, and so it's okay to open yourself up to them. Talk to us about how everyday people who are looking for answers and are looking to raise their vibration can make this connection safely. Well, let me tell you one thing that I didn't mention yet. Okay. Was something I found out through an academic professor. I won't say her name, but she's in the book. She came to me early on uh, in 2012, 13. After I spoke about the lady, uh, she came right away. And she told me that MUFON, Mm -hmm. which is the main reporting agency for UFOs, right, contacted her and gave her 2,000 reports. Now, how many did they get a year? 2,500 or less? They gave her 2,000 reports of people saying they had angelic experiences. Okay. You don't ever hear about those. You only hear about the little percentage that people claim 
They got anal probe. They got all this. Right. That never happened to me. Uh, I'm so far removed from that. I can't uh, fathom something like that happening. So I think the majority, what I'm saying, the majority of these reports are positive. My friends in the CIA tell me, and I'm connected to the highest levels, that uh, I just spent Memorial Day weekend with some high-level guys Mm -hmm. from Washington Mm -hmm. next door to Joe Biden's house. And we had orbs. We were filming orbs over Joe's house. Amazing. No joke. One uh, thing I want to mention to the audience, Chris, and forgive me again, is that since this occurred, you have kind of gotten some powers where you've been um, part of healing the healing process for certain people. You become more psychic, if you will. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. We're running out of time, but I thought that's important that your your abilities uh, have been enhanced. And I'm thinking that I guess anybody's could be enhanced if we know how to work with them and we have this type of contact and communication. What I will say is that when the lady came the second time, within two weeks, I found out uh, there was a, a dog. My dog was badly injured and there were witnesses there. Uh, Grant Cameron is a UFO researcher, one of the bigger ones out there. And, uh, he was there. He witnessed it. Uh, the dog had a, a big gash across his mm-hmm. jugular vein right here, and it was pouring blood everywhere. And I knew she was going to die. They wouldn't have helped her. I didn't, none of us knew what happened to her. She was sitting right beside us when it happened. And I, she ran in the house bleeding. I drug her out and put my hand on her neck. I cried out, Lord, what do I do? She's going to die. Help me. And when I did that, immediately her uh, wound disappeared in front of everybody. That big two-inch hole was gone now. Amazing. And the blood stopped. And she stood up and waggled her tail and walked away. Well, that had me in Washington, D.C. within a few months Sure. with some of the most okay. prominent families up there, sick children. Oh. Okay. I got time for one last question for you, Chris, because we're running okay. tight. Um, uh, where can people find out more information about you? And what would be your message be to our audience out there in terms of the totalitarian, the, t- the total experience for you? What can people take from this to help them live their best lives? Uh, my advice would be don't buy into the negative. There's negative everywhere. And if you seek negative, you can find it. But I don't watch news. I don't watch anything negative. I don't partake in negative conversations. I, I, I try, if I was, if I lived in a negative way, I would never see this phenomenon. It will not come around people that are negative. Okay. It will not come around people that are skeptical. So if you want to see this, you have to humble yourself. Um, You have to change your heart. You have to be in service to others. In other words, have that feeling. uh, You know, when somebody's sick or injured, it makes me want to cry for them, right? And it wasn't like that before. I would hurt a bear or a bug in a heartbeat, but now uh, I see life in a different way. And okay, just. All right, Chris Bledsoe, my very special guest on Guys, Guys Radio. The name of the book is UFO of God. Chris, where can people find out more about you and and your book and your work? um, I have a website you can go to is ufoofgod.com. And uh, there is a link to Amazon. Uh, You can buy all these, the hardback, the paperback, the audio book. 
or the Kindle ebook on, on, on Amazon itself, or you can get there from my website. But on my website, there uh, we're building it. We're constantly okay. updating it. And so there are links to, um, uh, we're going to put links to where I'm going to be signing books and appearing. And also there are testimonies from U.S. government officials on there, several high-ranking officials. So. Well, listen, great job. You're doing great work. Again, forgive me uh, for being Mr. Budinsky on everything, but I, I really want to get as much information out there for our audience as possible. And uh, you do a wonderful job explaining everything in detail in the book, UFO of God. And um, you're very sincere about the work you're doing and you're, you're doing it to help mankind. So thank you for the work. Keep going. We're here to support you. Thank you, Chris Bledsoe, for being on Guys Guys Radio. I hope we can do it again because I think there's a lot more to share. Absolutely. We didn't even touch the surface of it. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on and uh, call me anytime and I'll be glad to come back on. And awesome. I tell everybody to watch this August the 1st on the new hit series Beyond Skinwalker. OK, they're I featuring see. us, my family, myself on the grand finale. And uh, they want me to plug the show, so I can't tell you what it's about, but I believe everybody that sees it is going to be <laughs> in total awe. Awesome. I really believe so. Thank you so much, Chris. We'll sit, talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. It's Guy's Guy Radio. What an amazing conversation with Chris Bledsoe, extraordinary. His story is extraordinary. It's authentic. He's real. You can determine for yourself after listening to the show, hopefully, and uh, watching Chris on YouTube and watching some of his other interviews and hopefully reading his book, UFO of God, if you take what he has to say, excuse me, seriously, because he's got a fascinating, interesting, important story to tell. Again, his uh, security is cleared through the highest levels in our country, of NASA and CIA and places like that. So he's been he's being watched and he's been accepted by these organizations. It's somebody who's really tapped into something. And it's something very different because it's not about, again, it's not about UFOs and insectoids and, and Ebens and Greys and all of that. He is in contact with, according to Chris, celestial beings and it's been happening over the last 20 years and he's teaches you at the end of his book kind of how you can kind of quote unquote do it yourself if you will and it's all about opening your heart and prayer and being uh, available to uh to an angelic if you will presence and to spirit so you make your own determinations that's what we do on guys guys radio i bring you the guests that i and you make the, you decide if you're buying or not buying and it's not a game show but I vet the guests ahead of time, so you know pretty much where I stand. So, Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio here in Southern California at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 106.5 FM, 10.50 a.m. The podcast and YouTube post worldwide. Thursdays, our show on KCAA rebroadcast every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. You can listen live, you can stream, you can download. And we're also on UK Health Radio, the world's largest talk health station in the world. It's a digital station. It's 47 presenters. Guys Guys Radio is featured four times every weekend. So there's really no excuse for you not to be able to find our show. And if you enjoy the content and guests I bring you each and every week to Guys Guys Radio and what we call Guys Guys TV, which is the video portions on YouTube and Rumble, 
please subscribe, please follow, please review, please rate, please share with your friends because it makes a real difference and we're here doing our best to help you and bring you new information and help humanity. So, Guys Guys Radio, uh, we're here for you. You can also catch more information about me on my website, robertmanni.com, of course, and it's uh, 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness are uh, featured on my website. I've also got some new uh, posts that uh, tie into my writing a series for UK Health Magazine, which is the digital magazine arm of UK Health Radio. It's called Health Triangle Magazine, and I'm writing a series called Aging is a Choice. So I hope you'll check that out. It's uh, it's really my story and some of the things I do and I've learned over the years to kind of keep me, quote-unquote, young as possible, if you will. And it's, it's, it's a challenge always, but it's fascinating. And you know what? There's a lot of things you can do to take care of yourselves that people aren't sharing. So you got to do your own research and you got to make the good decisions each and every day, all day long. So I want to thank my over 750 guests who I've had the pleasure of interviewing over the past couple of years on Guys Guys Radio. I want to thank my wonderful producer, Chris, who does an amazing job. And I want to thank my strategy and sometimes producer and former producer, Ryan, who's done a wonderful job just being there all the time with his great insights and uh, his great work ethic. Thank you, Ryan. Um, One last thing. on our website, um, you can download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's about a sexy romp through the fast-paced world of, uh, and high-stake world of Madison Avenue. It's a rom-com. It's called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. Three free chapters you can download from my website, and then you can pick it up wherever you want, and I hope you'll check it out. Until next week, I want to thank you. We're going to be back. I love doing a show. A lot of more great guests this summer and beyond, so thank you, and until then, Like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.